my god, I'm starting to shake, man. I know. Just don't open yourself up to them. Trying, man. Do I'm not trying. say you're starting to shake. Okay. I am don't open yourself up to them. That can be dangerous. Come here. Do it. Stop running. Go back in. Do not run. Go back in. Come fight me in the dark. I want to provoke the hell out of him. Welcome to Come Fight Me in the Dark, the only podcast with the tenacity to challenge Zach and the Gak for the ultimate paranormal challenge built. <laughs> I'm Joel Kleinberger. And I'm Eric Hoofnagel. And Eric, it's so oh. good to be back. So good to be alive. It's been a long time. I'm so sorry yeah. you got so sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got With sick RSV. in the middle of a move, <laughs> couldn't breathe, uh, my partner lost their job, my job's going crazy. Uh, yeah, things are really wet and wild, which is why I'm glad we got to come back to this episode. Yeah, this this is... Uh... This is this is maybe the best time I've had watching an episode of, of Ghost Adventures in like a solid year. Yeah, this is this is a, a wonderful welcome back. I am so glad that Zach spread his well-toned UFC adjacent body and and just wrapped him up, wrapped us up in a fun embrace as we talk about Ghost Adventures season seven. Episode 2, The Peabody Whitehead Mansion. Well, the stories I'm going to be telling here are based on a good book called The Ghosts of Denver, Capitol Hill. And for those of you who doubt my veracity today, I would highly recommend this book to you, even if I've written it myself for the occasion. Can you talk to us a little bit about this Peabody Mansion and take us inside maybe and tell us if you think it's haunted or not? Okay, in the course of the late 19th century, Denver grows as an instant metropolis, and no place is more highly valued than mansions that are going up on what is called Millionaire's Row. Built by Dr. William Riddick Whitehead, the mansion at 1128 Grant Street is a destination of choice for the Denver elite, but it cannot protect Dr. Whitehead from his own troubled past. He's of a slave-owning Virginia family, and in 1854, he enlists in the Tsarist army during the Crimean War between now Russia and a coalition of England and France. He's doing word for word. <laughs> Two, like, rich old white man names. Yes, it is, it is the whitest and most gentry-sounding place that they have ever been. I loved it. I think I... I accidentally titled this episode in my audio program as the portly whitehead mansion <laughs> portly whitehead mansion oh yes the portly whiteheads of denver oh yes oh fuck that's what i call my face when i'm having an outbreak <laughs> you portly whitehead well it it's it's fitting that it has this kind of gentry sound to it because the first owner was uh, Dr. Whitehead. Dr. Riddick. Riddick Whitehead. Oh, uh, what a cool name for what a sad dude who's <laughs> apparently was a doctor who got, I don't know, built this manor house or just bought it. But then he just apparently sat inside and bemoaned all of the people he could not save until he died. Yes, <laughs> yes, he was haunted. He was very much haunted by the people that died under his care. Yeah. <laughs> this is it's so funny cuz they're like they're like this is why this place is haunted. Because yeah. it was it was first owned by a sad man and then <laughs> it was owned by a mean man. Yeah, we've got two emotions, sad and asshole, because <laughs> the second person was Governor James Peabody, a shitty capitalist and union breaker, Yeah, who we will get to a little bit more because Zach has an interesting tie-in for how he comes into play in The Haunting, but we'll mm. talk about that. James, Governor James Peabody seems like, like a character I would have gladly murdered in Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, yeah. Fucking union-breaking piece of shit. He's sitting on his, like, plantation home with, like, a monocle, and he's got his, his pocket watch. He's always checking the time. I got a project for you here. 
come on down to my 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 estate. I dare say I usually don't want to incur the company of ruffians like yourself, <laughs> sir. But I find myself in need of uh, people on the fringe of society. Yes, who are hygienically challenged. No. So I will require you next time you are in my estate to take a bath before you <laughs> set foot on my property, and then you just blow his face just right the fuck fucking off. Fucking shotgun. Throw a piece of dynamite into the house. <laughs> nah, you just you just jump on your horse and you lasso him and just ride away as fast as you can <laughs> yeah, until yeah, he yeah. dies. See how many trees he hits before he dies. <laughs> plunk, 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 plunk. God damn, I gotta play that game again. Swing him into a bear. <laughs> 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 and <is he> <laughs> uh, uh, good times. Get those nerds! Nerd! Nerd! It is funny that we have a sad and a mean, and they did drop, I think it was either in the episode itself or in a supplemental material, a material that I saw today, that uh, Dr. Whitehead had like a 90% failure rate. Oh my god. <laughs> But like being a Civil War doctor, like I just I realized. Okay, that I guess that makes sense. Yeah, because it's like, uh, okay, what are my options here? We get to cut off your arm, and you'll probably die from sepsis and yeah, shock. Yeah, I mean, were were doctors even washing their hands at that point? No, they were just. <laughs> that's like that's a rough time. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> they they went from one soldier, and they just ripped off his leg, and their hands were covered <laughs> just... in blood. They're like, it's okay. I'm just gonna put my bloody fingers in your stump and try and fish out this bullet with my finger. Let the dog lick it off. <laughs> I'll dive in and get this bullet out. Do you mind if I, f- I, I, I feed your hand to my dog? He's real hungry over Please here. Please let me get borrow it. your hound to clean my hands. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the haunting in general is open to interpretation. Not a lot of direct evidence as we do get introduced to it by one of the all-time greats oh. of this show. Oh, this is... Philip... Goodstein. <laughs> okay, so like clearly, like when this episode came out, like they weren't diagnosing autism as <laughs> as regularly as they do now, and so back then he was just a weird guy <laughs> um, <laughs> with like encyclopedic knowledge on certain subjects and no social graces. Uh you know. We we shouldn't. I feel like soci- in society we shouldn't play the armchair uh, psychologist game too much. But you are a hundred percent right. Cause... <laughs> it's not armchair with this guy. <laughs> no, this is cut and dry. <laughs> he is a historian. He looks like a man from the 1970s who's got all of the government secrets in a movie. You know, oh you would sit yeah, down with yeah. Him. You reminded me of like. When your friend would have like a like a vegan dad who would wear vests a lot, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, only Birkenstocks. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of smell vaguely of bo and soil. Mm-hmm. Well, and did you look too much into? Do you look? Did you look Phil up? I did. I did look him up. He's still doing his thing, isn't he? To your point, uh, Phil has written more books. <laughs> about Denver, specifically Denver, <laughs> yeah. than he can remember that he's written. Yet he remembers every page of every book verbatim. Yes. Yeah. It's I love I love this savant, man. My favorite factoid about this is that like in 2013 he realized he had written so many books about Denver that he wrote like his own encyclopedia about his own works about Denver. And then he's written 40 more books since then, making that previous encyclopedia useless because it doesn't even cover all of his work anymore by a long stretch. That's, that's, (laughs) uh, you know, planned obsolescence. Smart. That's a smart (laughs) marketing move. I'll buy it. Okay. Okay. Here's today. $20. Buy one right now because I'm sold. It's a good mix with Phil because I think he does lack social graces and caring about other human beings, especially people <laughs> like Zach Bagans. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of got this like 5D level troll game going on. Yeah. Did you notice his handshake? 
oh, with Zach. Oh, no. I didn't notice the handshake. He, where he kept, like, the middle finger <laughs> extended, so it's it's stroking the the inside of Zach's wrist. Look, dude, what I'm, I'm, no, it's not trolling. He just doesn't know. <laughs> Which can seem like trolling. <laughs> He's the most powerful adversary Zach's ever come up with against. Zach is completely helpless against Phil. Uh, Phil? Yes. Can we make a trek in there? I think we know a lot about Dr. Whitehead now. Sure! I just, I love that they come around the corner to set up the shot and he immediately starts yelling oh, at yeah. them. Oh, yeah. He's like, are you ready? Are you prepared <laughs> to come into the greatest haunted house location of all time? Prepare yourselves for frights of all kinds. <laughs> did, did Open my see? book. <laughs> I love the subtle joke, too, where he's talking about how haunted it is because the the gate is moving while he's standing there. Yeah. And then he makes Zach be like, uh, I think that's wind, Phil. And then Phil just gets this little smile like, you've fallen for my trap card. Oh, natural causes. Naturalistic explanations are always ruining the fun, aren't they? That sure is, sure is ruining everything. Anyway, um, as I was saying. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to say, Eric, mm. I think... This might be a situation where we have to bring together the Council of Zaddies. I was going to ask. <laughs> Listen, pal, I've never met you before. And because I have to vet everybody, I don't know, but I'm not playing with this stuff. You can't get out. You ain't going nowhere. You left it. The devil has the voice of many waters. I have a feeling we need to boot someone from the Zaddies. Let's see. Let's let's go through. We have Murray Silver, Richard Sennett, of course. Those two, of course, lead zaddies. The the ghost of DJ Fly. DJ Fly, yes. And then we had a and then we had like a third living one who was that guy who tried to look cool for the guy. Oh, the museum. Yeah, John Zaffis. Zaffis. I'm sorry. I I vote we boot Zaffis. And yeah. Phil Goodstein takes his place. I am going to concur because then we have the face, which is Murray, the magician, which is Richard, Richard Sennett, <laughs> the brain, which is Phil Goodstein, and the Slimer. And the Slimer, yeah. The, the, uh, the, the com comedic relief. The rapper comic relief. Oh, yeah. DJ Floyd. John, job spoken. Yes! So after Phil does let them in the house and shames Zach for daring to ask a question about something that Phil already said. God, it's so funny. <laughs> it's um, actually, uh, um, I already said that the dining room um, is on the left side. If you uh, remember my earlier codicil, the uh, ballroom was situated on the <laughs> second floor, which we are on, as I said before. Did she hang herself up here, or is it downstairs? Again, the second floor was the ballroom, which was later the grand dining room Got of it. the restaurant. Sorry. Got it. Sorry. And then he introduces us to... Sorry, gotta take a drink. The Suicidal Bride. Which is like one of the only actual ghost stories associated with this place. It doesn't seem to have any real evidence behind it. It's just like, sometimes there were weddings there. And so they're like, oh, Suicidal Bride. I'm tired of these bride ghosts. I am so done with these suicidal bride ghosts. I'm so <laughs> fed up. Yeah. I'm tired of it. When are we going to have more feminist, female-empowered ghosts? <laughs> no more of these women killing themselves because they're sad, okay? She got kicked in the head by a Clydesdale. <laughs> She's her own woman, and she was beheaded by a Clydesdale who kicked her in the head. How about that? Or you know what? We flipped the suicidal bride story, the paradigm. She did kill herself at the wedding, but because she didn't want to go through with it, and so she just waited until they, she got to the altar and pulled out a gun and blew her brains all over the group with her middle fingers up in the air, just like, goodbye! That sounds like uh, 
like that one ghost that was like that was like if you have anything to tell the devil I'm about to go see him and then jumps off that's dope She's a feminist icon for sure. Yeah, she yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Drugging men, killing them and then talking and just going to the devil, taking her own life in her own hands. Love it. The whole cliche of the 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 woman killing herself on her wedding day cuz she's sad cuz she got stood up or something. In the future, we're not going to have those like romantic stories. It's just going to be fentanyl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, fentanyl and TikTok prankers getting shot in the head. <laughs> now that, that's some good recipe for haunting. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a ghost that you will get on the EVP because they want the exposure. Yeah, dude, that'd be the worst haunting. <laughs> right at this exact moment, I captured an EVP, an electronic voice phenomena or spirit voice on my digital recorder. Take me meals, okay, I'm ready. Gang, 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 gang. We conclude that this is a possible residual haunting, showing no signs of intelligence. We do have to go to our second witness that Zach has on, uh, Tim Schultz, Powerball winner and ghost documentary director, also a fan of bobblehead adjacent haircuts. <laughs> yeah, dude, he looks like he looks like uh, if you took DJ DJ Doug Pound and gave him just a really bad haircut. <laughs> Straight up, yeah. like the what he didn't have to out him as a lottery winner. No, he's just a documentary filmmaker. But Zach wanted to make sure that the world knew that he didn't work for it. It immediately devalues anything he's going to say or make. This this has an undercurrent of paranormal grifting because, like, Phil was hawking one of his ten thousand books he's written. Tim was hawking his documentary where apparently he saw somebody get pressed up against the wall, but of course it wasn't on camera. And then, and then his, his, the crew member who got like held up, his mother was there. Yeah. And, and he, and, and Tim describes her as a medium type of person, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds like he's calling her mid. Yeah. She's told, yeah, she's a mid, she's Kinda a mid medium, mom. Just a medium mom. Uh, not, a, not a milf at all. Medium. Nah, it is medium. I'd take a pass, yeah. but you know, like a, Susan. a pass. A Susan. <laughs> <laughs> Later that night, his mom, who's also sort of a medium type of person, had to be escorted out of the building. Oh my god! <laughs> With all that, like, kind of grifty bullshit, we finally get down to brass tacks. The nitty gritty. With Nicole Zotti. The eyewitness who was told a story. <laughs> yeah, she was an eyewitness to a story. <laughs> God. Yeah. This shit is stretched so thin. This is the uh, skin woman from the mm. first season of the revamp of Doctor Who, mm -hmm. the moisturize <laughs> me woman who's just a, a flat bit of skin <laughs> stretched over. What? <laughs> Moisturize me, moisturize me. Well, so Nicole Zotti did yeah. a tour of this location, apparently without Phil Goodstein, <laughs> which which that was her first mistake. She took Obviously. a tour without Phil. <laughs> she tells the story about how in the 70s they were doing a some like construction on the house. And the construction workers attacked a young woman and raped her and killed her and then buried her in, in the foundation. Yeah. And this is one of my favorite parts of the episode because Zach <laughs> is so unable to resist negging a woman. Oh, my God. Even when it brings into question everything that they have ever done right? on this show. He's like, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, where's your proof? For the first time ever. Ever. Forever. Ever. <laughs> first time ever. He's like, he's like, mm, actually, I don't know if this story holds water. 
Yeah, so you heard it from a tour guide trying to make money. Yeah, we don't accept any stories like that. Go back to every single episode they've ever been at a fucking professional haunted house. <laughs> I wrote in my notes. Asylum 49. In my notes, I just said, Zach suddenly shows interest in the facts. Since <laughs> fucking when, Baggins? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just because he was sad because Phil Goodstein just flopped his beardy face all over the scene, just being like, ah, no, actually, no. <laughs> yeah, Zach no. got well actually so hard that he has to neg this woman. Yeah, which he was going to do anyways, but because he was so taken down by Phil, he has to neg her in a way that calls into question everything that they've ever done. <laughs> he's like, he's like, wait a minute, construction workers rape murder <laughs> mm, i don't buy it the 70s Ooh, i don't know nah. that's a bit too recent yeah those were good times i, I was, was born, born in the 70s, in the 70s. <laughs> oh jinx you owe me a soda uh well even and you know zach does the right question okay so you heard it from a tour guide any other sources and she's like well i looked it up online and a, another tour company <laughs> said the same thing, but they do a daytime investigation and they go down into the mansion's haunted house storage room filled with black light bulbs and fake skeletons. Yep. <laughs> and they all feel weird. Yeah. They, they, they play the, uh, do you feel that game? Yeah. I feel gross. It's bad. Cold? Cold? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cold. Oh, wind. Oh, wind. Cold, wind, bad. That's what I feel. Cold, wind, and bad. And so <laughs> they they leave and they call Dollar Store Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> Timu. It's Timu Jim Carrey now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Jim Carrey as put together by slaves. Yeah. Jim, Jim Carrey uh, via the TikTok shop. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Ballinger. Yep. They call good old Jiffles and he tells them to go to fucking school if they want information, which is great advice. And they do because Zach realizes he could flirt with college girls. But... They do actually go there to talk to uh, Thomas Knoll, a PhD, who is the second PhD on this episode. This is the most education we've ever had. Him and Phil. Strange, because they really flip that when they start doing the investigation. Because, <laughs> you know, they're like, yeah. like pre-investigation, like, yeah, let's talk to, to like, historians and, like, scientists and, like, eyewitnesses and stuff. And then during... Let's get the meat. Let's get some meat Let's out go there. for the meat instead. Yeah. Bring out the lobster. <laughs> Tell them to bring out the lobster. Yes, sir. Also, the fangirls on campus, and not only fangirls, but fanboy as well. <laughs> Yeah, all uh, the fans on campus are exactly what you'd expect. Oh yeah, they're just anxious nerds. <laughs> I love Letterman fanboy, who he looks like that background extra who's been in like a an extra in a thousand movies who's never had a speaking line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's just buying a hot dog before it's like <laughs> yeah. destroyed by like a Spider-Man villain? Yeah, no, I love, I love him. I love the girls who are like, I watch you every Friday night, and they're like really looking at the boys. And Nick is like, eh, Yeah, this is great. And there's a rustling in the br in the bushes. You see lots of heads turning <laughs> in the background as a, a woman, a multi-eyed, multi-armed woman. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> being carried on scuttling <laughs> tiny legs as ten of her brood crawl across the ground uh, as her chariot towards Nick. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, before we move too far, though, um, yeah. I think this is going to have to be a fashion report mm. for Thomas Noel, Ph.D. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me a thermometer, real quick. Dude. Look at me, dude. Wow. Wow. Look at my body. Whoa. Check this out, man. Dude. 
You look weird, bro. Man is literally wet with cool professor drip. Yeah. Wet from head to toe. He's got his he's got his mismatched tan blazer. Yeah. Dark pants with the blue oh, yeah. button up. Mm-hmm. But to top it all off, the spectacles and a giant pink and floral bow tie. A bow tie so big, it looks like it was drawn on a southern gentleman (laughs) in a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yes, yes, it's huge. It's huge. And also, if you go to his website, (laughs) he really loved that tie. (laughs) It's it's the one he's wearing in, like, the main image. He is to that tie as Angie Joe is to that cowboy hat. Exactly, exactly. It made the man. I love Thomas. I love his tie. I love his general professorial look because there is always one. There's always a teacher who is like, you know what? I'm going to go hoard. <laughs> I am going to go lean into the stereotype. Yeah, if you can't be hot professor, you have to be cool professor. And Thomas, he did it. I, I do love that. Zach, you know, he's cracking jokes as as Thomas is telling them about the the brewery that has been turned into the student center. And Zach is talking about, oh, you know, I should have gone here because, oh, it's a party, blah, blah, blah. And, but I wouldn't have been in your class. JK, I love history. <laughs> <laughs> only, only, <laughs> he only likes unsubstantiated, interesting history. Oh, yeah. No, because they they have had historians on numerous times, and every single time they have a historian who talks about the history, Zach does the same bit about being bored of the history. Right, and about how they're the real historians because they're digging up new history. Cool, dangerous history. (laughs) What were the historical figures doing at the time? Boring, don't care. This isn't your grandpa's history. We're going to talk about the history of a potential rape. Yeah, tell me more, says Zach Bagans. <laughs> Zach, tell me about the rape Bagans. <laughs> oh, man. It gets so much worse. It does. He's not taking these boys seriously, which is really nice. And and he gets to the point where he, every answer he gives Zach is like, yes, no, maybe, yeah, I don't. It's the it's the fucking intro song to Malcolm in the Middle. He's just he's like ah, <laughs> I whatever. Know. I don't know. <laughs> Can you repeat the question? You're not the boss of me now. When you're not so big, life is I love it because Zach is like so. Uh, have you heard anything about this case about the construction worker gangbang rape death murder <laughs> burial? And Thomas is like, no, that is not a thing I'm aware of. And Zach is like, so with that kind of story, word of mouth in the town, uh, do you think that the cops would have been involved? And he's like, yeah, I do think that. So the police (laughs) also confirm that there are no records. So there's, we're really not looking up for this rape, murder, gangbang, burial to have ever happened. It's funny because, like, Zach's like, I don't know, I don't believe that one. But then they focus on that as the only haunting of the entire building. Yeah. Like, they don't focus on the bride, which normally Zach would have been so horny for that. Yeah. I think even he's probably tired of of dead brides. Yeah, he's like, been there, done that. Yeah, he's like, they don't put out. They're always sad and trying to get married to a different guy. And they, like, really are into commitment. And, you know, that's okay. I just like to beg them and leave them, right? You know, scrape those hoes off. I like it if they're committed to me. I like it if they're committed to my dick, bro. (laughs) Why don't you like men? They they go to the student union. The professor organizes a lockdown because he's like, I don't got anything to do. I'm a tenured professor. I don't have to show up to class. I get paid. Fuck it. I do enjoy this moment of Zach flaming Nick. (laughs) Because Nick is petting the bricks after they get an EVP. And Nick Nick is like, if only these bricks can talk. And Zach, fully done. Yeah, they are talking. 
They just fucking did, Nick. They just talked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Idiot. Idiot. God, Nick. They just did. Fuck. You're not long for this show, Nick. I can't wait till my best friend shows up for lockdown because I'm so <laughs> sick of you. And speaking of, I think it's time to get into the lockdown. This is how Ghost Adventures crew gets locked down. I can't wait to get locked in here. I'm just pumped. You guys pumped? Yeah. Let's go get this started. I'm nervous. No! To set this up, as they're getting locked in. <laughs> this is so fucking weird, man. They say that in the 70s, they're told that a lot of restaurants try to establish themselves in the building. Mm-hmm. And they failed because it was so haunted that the waiters got clumsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the waiters spilled too many drinks and too much food, and they had to close. Every time, apparently. Right, which, which has never been the reason for a restaurant closing ever. The logic behind this haunting that Zach pitches, as I mentioned earlier, we would get back to Mr. Peabody. Mm-hmm. He says... That we need to see if it's Governor Peabody who haunts the waiters because he doesn't like workers. He doesn't like the working class. He doesn't like the working class. That's brilliant. It's so funny. But if there's one part of the working class that Mr. Peabody would like, it's the servant class of waiters. They should have brought in a bunch of fucking people uh, like... uh, union protesters yeah they should have brought a union rep in there yeah bring a bunch of yeah bring a union rep to do a speech that would have pissed him off to be fair i don't think with the money that zach puts into the show i don't think they could afford a teamster for the (laughs) overtime hours for working at night yeah it's a little bit less to hire two quote-unquote unsuspecting wait staff as they call them I would have loved to see a teamster and then Zach is like, hey, uh, have we seen that guy in a while? He's not. Can you talk into the EVP to try and provoke the ghost? And the guy's like, ah, nah, I'm on a 15. All right. You can't talk to me. I'm just adding five to my break because you talked to me on my break. Okay. (laughs) You're paying for all this, by the way. It's double time. (laughs) Hey, are you yelling at me? Am I going to have to get my union rep in here? Don't take that tone with me. Do not take that tone with me. I will bring this production down. See, that would have been great. That would have been great. Yeah, that would have got Mr. Peabody would be like, oh, fuck. He would have ruffled his mustache. He would have been like, (laughs) their plan to provoke this man who would have loved having waitstaff around because you get to yell at them and underpay them because waiters aren't fucking union. They hired two waiters to bring them delivery food. Oh my god, this shit is so insane. I know I've said this multiple times that there are certain episodes that I would be like, this is the first one I would show to somebody. Yeah. This might not be the first, but it might be the second. (laughs) Because it is just so absurd. Oh yeah. Their trigger object is them overeating. Yeah. Oh, our waitstaff is unsuspecting. And what they don't suspect is that we have hidden cameras in the kitchen (laughs) filming Mm -hmm. them and recording everything they say. And it's like, man, (laughs) first of all, I thought that's a really bad move because the waitstaff's going to talk some mad shit about you idiots. As the episode goes, um, it is clear they know they're being filmed. Uh, because the cameras are huge. Yeah, as, as they're looking directly into the camera and speaking. It. It, yeah, because you're right. As somebody who worked in a restaurant and customer service in general, the number of times I've smiled at the clientele and been like, great, yeah, I'm just going to go to the back and check on that for you, all right? I'll be right back. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the Every information. Every time someone is being overly nice to you, they mm-hmm. are going back and talking so much shit. The the instant that they make eye contact with their friend, they're grabbing an invisible dick and just choking it down. Just <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Also, before I realized that the wait staff knew they were being filmed, uh-huh. the 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 waitress turns to the to the other guy and she's like, "Oh, it's, I feel eerie." Yeah. It feels like eerie. And I was like, 
yeah, you're serving four meals to a group of three men sitting at a table in the dark in an abandoned <laughs> house in the yeah. middle of the night. <laughs> like, yes, it is an eerie situation you're in. <laughs> On the scale of weird shit that Ghost Adventures have had people do, this is not quite up to stripper in abandoned house pretending to take a shower, <laughs> but it is close. Ah, boy, it's pretty up there. It's pre- honestly at least the 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 sex worker getting naked in an in like a a half abandoned house is probably not something she hasn't done. <laughs> this is something that these two have never done. Oh, uh, trying to figure out like what what's going on. Is this weird? Um, it just feels weird. These idiots are cracking jokes about the slow service as they're waiting for their delivery ribs and steak. Because, of course, they got, like, three separate meals of meat, these boys. Insane! Also, like, is this where the fucking budget for this episode went? Yeah! To, like, these, like, three insanely large meals delivery before we had, like, delivery services? Yeah. What the hell is going on? (laughs) And goddamn Aaron, stupid idiot, (laughs) he, he does the worst... Italian accent. Oh yeah, I'm I'm so excited that he he gave me the the drop. <laughs> this is a good at the meatball. This is a good at the meatball. This is a good at the meatball. This is good at the meatball. I do believe that these are not actors. I do think they're actual wait staff because mm-hmm. of the amount of times. That they go out to take a smoke, and Zach is like, "Why are they leaving?" The, the the minute Zach's like, Zach's like, "It's strange." They start avoiding the kitchen, and it's like, "Yeah, you put giant cameras in there and expect them to just be quiet while you slurp down your meat and make <laughs> jokes about the meatballs." I do have to say, the Parmesan is real Parmesan tasty, and I don't like that. Man, I feel so bad for this woman. So. She's been invited into this abandoned building to serve meals to these strange men. She goes into the kitchen. There's two, quote-unquote, hidden cameras obviously filming her. She's like, wow, I'm uncomfortable. I better go out and have a cigarette. And immediately, (laughs) she looks back at the building to see Zach Baggins up against the window (laughs) filming her. Yeah, and she's just out there, just takes a bigger drag of the cigarette. (laughs) Fuck. They better fucking tip. We found her talking to a stranger. It's probably her boyfriend that she called. It was like, listen, this is really creepy. Can you just hang out outside? I need you to come and get me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. These three dudes are making me serve them in a dark house, and they're filming it? And mm-hmm. I know the money's okay, but... They referred to us as unsuspecting waitstaff? I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah, they said they're working for a cable television show, but... God, this sounds like a, a, they're, they're setting up a snuff film. They, honestly, like, they kept, they kept talking about, like, uh, rape and murder in the... Yeah. Something about the basement and, like, putting some girl in the foundation. I don't know. I'm just uncomfortable. Can you, can you come? And the boyfriend... Good guy. He's just like, you yeah, know, I got you. I'll be hanging out. <laughs> and not a lot is happening. An orb does fly into Zach's head. The waitress does drop a Lincoln Park almost reference, which I did like. Because she's like, you know, I feel like it under my skin. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not quite a crawling. But These close. wounds, they just will not heal. Yeah. Fear is hell I fall. Fear is how I fall. I mean, she is kind of falling for the fear. I'm confusing what is real. (laughs) (laughs) Booyah, baby. It works. But most importantly, after they eat their big old meals of meat, we learn why. It's because they wanted to flex. (laughs) They had to get meated the fuck up for their next fucking guest. That's right, Zach's best bud and man crush. His own over! Brendan Schaub! Bean cheese, bean cheese, bean cheese, bean cheese. Thick poppy, 
Brendan Shrub. Shob. Brendan I'm calling Schaub. him Shrub. Shrub. You know me. I don't pronounce the oh. names of people I don't respect correctly. This is a moment where this whole show feels like a spoof of itself. Yeah. Nothing tells you more about the intentions and morality <laughs> of the GAC than <laughs> them inviting a UFC fighter yeah. to come and investigate a raped and murdered ghost mm-hmm. instead of, like, anyone else. But, Eric, Zach loves the UFC. <laughs> no shit. And from, again, the ma- hyper-masculine perspective, Zach's like, oh, so he's got the balls to stand in front of a man and punch them in the face. He fought Micro Crocrop and won. <laughs> I but Fred and Shrubby will not be able to handle this terrifying experience. Brendan Shrewd. Brendan Shrewd, a middling UFC success and a middling comedic success, which this episode did make me sad because I do have to do research for this show. And to do that, I had to listen to Brendan Shrubb's comedy. He does comedy. I didn't know that. Oh, oh, Eric. He is one of Joe Rogan's favorites. Oh, that's where I recognize him from. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. God. In the now infamous interview with Cat Williams on Shannon somebody's podcast. Did you, did you hear about this shit? Is this the one where Cat Williams starts talking about the Illuminati? That could be literally anyone with Cat. This is the one where he just spills the tea on a, a lot of celebrities. Very famously, to give you an idea of Brendan Shrub's level of comedy, <laughs> Cat Williams made a joke about how he doesn't understand Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan's been trying to promote the same six white boys who aren't funny for like the last 10 years. And <laughs> and it was Brendan Shub. Well, there was a lot of discussion about who some of like five of those white boys could be, but everyone was like, oh, he's talking about Brendan. Just to give you a taste of what I had to deal with, I, I broke down Brendan Shub's uh, like most of his jokes could be broken down in a half an hour special into these categories. Wouldn't it be funny if it was gay? <laughs> Mexicans, they like beans. Oh, oh, that's where that gift came from. <laughs> yes. Latinas are bitches. Woo. All right. And vaccines. Am I right? Oh, my God. Every comment on that YouTube video is just flaming him for being bad at comedy. And I think recently he just announced he's going to quit stand-up. Oh, so, no. What's he going to do I, now? Hunt ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> Baby. <laughs> I mean, he might as well. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Jack's like, you, you fight guys. You punch them in the mouth. Uh, and he's like, he's like, I fight the living, all right? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, whoa, dude, he's funny too. And he's like, hmm, I have an idea. It's so unfortunate. I have to go off on this because <laughs> he is the bro that other bros like Zach Bagans laugh at because they have the kind of conflicted crush. They're like, oh, I like him because he's so masculine and big and strong and tough. And so when Brendan Traub is like, hey, did you know that Mexicans like beans? They're like, (laughs) (laughs) so true. It's funny because it's true. (laughs) And we've all heard these bros at bars and their group of friends laugh at them. But usually that's it. Unfortunately, Brendan had a national platform because he can talk on a mic kind of okay with Joe Rogan. So that that kind of community lifted him up to the stage to take away stage time from people who might actually have talent. There's so much of this shit happening right now with like Matt Reif and all that shit. Like all these fucking douchebags who think that, oh no, 
Oh no. I I, oh, no. I almost said all these fucking douchebags who think they're funny because they're okay on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel. <Damn it. laughs> Anyways, Brendan Shrub is down there and they start the most on topic spirit box session ever. Based off of the most flimsy of stories ever. Right. This is, this is weird. It's all pretty good stuff. They're getting a lot of relevant responses at the same male voice. Yeah. Pete, the smart ass. What really gets everything going (laughs) is they ask what happened to the woman. And I've never seen a group of men so excited to yell she was raped <laughs> she was raped they all start high-fiving <laughs> yeah yeah she was raped dude it nailed it i got chills man yeah yeah i did too oh. that electricity is jolting through my body did you hear that oh yeah I said she was raped clear as day man I never need to hear a group of men <laughs> so excitedly yell. <laughs> she was right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's, <laughs> I felt so bad, but Juniper had messaged us <laughs> and been yeah. like, and knew what episode was coming. <laughs> and they were like, can you film your first reaction to they she was raped? <laughs> and, and I and I didn't know what they were talking about. So I watched it. I was like, oh, and like, because you know, they have the teaser in the very beginning yeah. of the episode, and they flash that scene, and I laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> oh my god well juniper we can confirm here at come find me in the dark that uh both of us i snorted through my barbecue that i had because <laughs> again in the teaser it's just like right before the credits is like, she was right <laughs> they're so excited <laughs> Oh man. Oh, I'm so excited for us to have this audio. Yes. It's going to be so useful. <laughs> I wrote in my in my notes I said a room full of aggressive men excitedly shouting she was raped sums up this show so well. Yeah, that going back to that scholarly article we read about masculinity kind oh my of God. taking over Spot the paranormal on. world negotiations of masculinity that is about it uh, they're right it doesn't like men it doesn't like men the excitement conti- continues because they ask who did it and they get was it was and it kind of sounds like it says wayne so that's what i that's what i thought yeah. i thought it said wayne or uh like <laughs> dane or something yeah like wayne yeah it sounded like yeah. wayne to me wayne yeah wayne <laughs> dwayne yeah. the rock johnson Ooh, yeah. I mean, he's raping Cody Rose's chance at finally obtaining his world heavyweight championship and taking it from Roman Reigns after 1,500 days, but whatever. (laughs) It doesn't matter what you think. The part where the spirit radio really starts to get impressive is right around this spot because they're like, say, say one of our names. Yeah. And it's like, Brandon. I love the unfiltered look of, like, excitement than fear on Brendan's face. (laughs) Yeah, he confirmed that he was very scared through all of this in subsequent interviews. Yeah, because, like, he does the, like, what? Oh, no. Well, because this is all preceded by the the spirit box saying, it's violent here. And then... yeah. And then street when asked where the bodies are buried. And yes. then when Zach and Brendan start going over to where they where the street was, it gets sassy and it says, He's scared. Yeah. And then and then they, they point the flashlight at the street and it says, You found it. It's all fucking like pretty spot on. But the mm-hmm. part where it says Brendan is the clearest response they get. And it's too damn spot on. And 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 again, 
this is the kind of thing where I say, if this is genuine, it's coming from them. Yeah. Who else do you think all those guys were, what name they were all thinking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, all the Gak were thinking about Brendan, and Brendan was thinking about himself. I get a nasty whiff of something putrid, even through my mask. I also love, I love the part where, where Aaron put da- puts down an EVP recorder, and, <laughs> and a kind editor could have just removed the audio of him unable to say EVP recorder, <laughs> but they play it twice, which... Yeah, we know, we know oh, who's editing. We know exactly who's doing that. Yeah, and kind does not enter no, into no, his no, description. No. <laughs> Mischievous, cantankerous, mm-hmm. oft cruel. Yeah. Un- un- <laughs> untalented. <laughs> untalented, conniving, scheming. Very attractive. Very attractive, mohawked mm-hmm. man. Strongest of them all. Billy. Billy boy. Oh, he can't speak. Oh, typical Aaron. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Billy was mad because he's also a big UFC fan. He's like, I, I wanted to be there for the fight, boys. I would show him how strong I am. He would see my mohawk and think that I'm ready for the cage. I have so much tap-out gear, he would think I'm the coolest. (laughs) He might give me a fist bump, but then I would shatter (laughs) my hand. (laughs) And then I wouldn't be able to edit or do any of the things that Zachary loves me do. I would sure hope that it would be my left hand. (laughs) Because my right hand is quite skilled. I I did pick up a big package from the local... (laughs) <laughs> gas station and I'm expecting to have a good night. They didn't carry my brand, but this one <laughs> did have a monkey with a raging erection upon it. This one had the Grim Reaper. <laughs> yes, fuck till you die, it says. Challenge accepted. <laughs> well, speaking of fucking until you die... The Brendan gets let out after a bunch of nothing. Yeah, they get they, they there's like a, a te- there's a part where it says tell on me, but it eh. sounds like a trash can falling down. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, and then Zach gets a picture. Well, well, right before that though, just to just to support our idea of our the subconscious influencing this. Yeah. Zach says stand by stand by and then mm-hmm. they pick up on the EVP stand by uh, yeah. which which if it were a ghost it's i don't think uh you know a murdered ghost is going to be like a, a a silly little like you know trickster spirit you know yeah it seems more like something that it well more likely is pareidolia yeah. Paranoia. Paranoia. Uh, failure. Failure. Um, <laughs> but but if it is something that they are influencing, this would lead towards that. Yeah. Stand by and stand back. Stand by, stand back. Our favorite proud boy ghost. Yes. Br- brought in to hang out with these rape enthusiastic yeah. UFC fighters. <laughs> Oh, God. And hey, you know, a fun fact about Brendan Schraub, he really likes serial killers, specifically the ones that kill women. So whatever. Oh, he seems like a really cool guy. Yeah. No, he's not. Hey, I mean, honestly, if you're trying to do like a negative trigger object, bringing in like a rapey UFC fighter, that's eh, probably a good move. Yeah. Especially if the ghost crawls up his butthole and presses his <laughs> cum button and gets him all confused. Just an orb What's rolling around good? on his ass. Oh no! I said it'd be funny if it was if I was like I was gay, not if I was gay. Oh, no beans, Be- oh, beans <laughs> and cheese. Oh, so Zach takes a picture. <laughs> he even says that it's probably matrixing, and yeah. yeah, I will say at the very end, uh-huh. possibly my favorite part happens. Oh, which is that during the credits, Zach explains. 
that they have turned in this evidence that they've gathered to the local police. Oh, yes. And that the local police are so interested in their evidence that they've opened a cold case file. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) you know when they called (laughs) with this evidence, the cops were fucking laughing their asses off and holding their hand over the mic and being like, dude, no, no. Like, I'm going to ask him for it. I'm going to tell him we're going to reopen the file. Yeah. Oh, we need that. Yes, of course, Mr. Bacon. This is very interesting evidence. You're going to have to bring that down uh, immediately. We're going to make you a deputy. We have these uh, little deputy stars uh, that will (laughs) stick on you. you We're going to make you a little deputy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to get out of here. I'm ready to get the hell out of here. I'm out. Sure, I'm out. Get out! I'm out. I'm out. Good idea. Great idea. Eric, let's solve the crime of this episode. How did you feel about it? This episode was so much fun and had nothing to do with ghosts. (laughs) Yeah, Nothing to do with ghosts. (laughs) Everything to do with amazing guests. Oh, the friends we made along the way. Amazing. And enemies that we just met, like Brendan Shrub. Branton Shrab, the unsuspecting waitstaff. We had uh, amazing uh, on the spectrum. Phil Goodstein. Historians. (laughs) Goodstein. We had lotto winning fucking cryptocurrency uh, (laughs) fucking documentary makers. Tim Schultz. We had a woman who got negged. We had a professor with a bow tie. I had a lot of fun. It was a great episode to come back to. I, yeah, no, I was like, I was a little nervous because we've been, we're out of practice. We haven't done this in a little bit. Um, and it, when I watched it, I was like, oh, here we a go. Nice, warm embrace. <laughs> An episode so silly that it writes itself. We are, <laughs> this episode was so easy. Speaking of easy, let's not take it easy on Zach Bagans and his fighting friends mm. as we challenge them to come fight us in the dark. Put them up there. Put them up. This is very dangerous, guys. It's like we're going in for the attack. I would be ready to perform an exorcism. Show me your power. You guys are playing with fire. Well, Eric, Zach and Brendan Shrub, <laughs> Brandon Shrub, are in love deeply deeply in hetero masculine love Mm -hmm. these two thick boys who vastly overestimate their charm and comedic abilities and i think brendan's kind of feeling low out there just recently commented that he's quitting comedy because people kind of got tired of the bean and cheese shtick so i think we have the perfect opportunity to lay a challenge that these two can't resist. Mm. A comedy competition. We say, hey, you think you're funny? <laughs> you think you're good on the mic? Come here. Come on, let's crack some jokes. Oh. Let's try and make this audience laugh. Oh, God. But Eric. Yes. We don't go up there. Nay, nay. We tap in Phil Goodstein. <laughs> We tell we call Phil say, "Hey, we have a captive audience, a oh. microphone, <gasps> and we are giving you unlimited time." Joel, who are we punishing here? <laughs> We're punishing Brendan and Zach because I don't think Phil Phil's not a funny person. He's not going to be telling <laughs> jokes. He's going to be going up after their sets and correcting them on everybody, everything and going off on a tangent about Denver's political spectrums. This is like when Neil Hamburger opened for Tenacious D and yeah. no one got it. <laughs> I think, I honestly think that Bill Goldstein like will halfway through Brendan Shrub's set will just take the mic from him and be like, all right, I've heard enough. <laughs> Actually, let me explain boxing to you all. You think that Mexicans invented beans and cheese together? Well, let me tell you the history, Sonny. 
And I think that just getting talked over by this man that they cannot possibly comprehend because they're too meaty in their minds. They're not dexterous enough to deal with Phil Goodstein. And will this defeat Zach? I don't think so. But I think it will once and for all make a ghost out of Brandon Shrub's career. <laughs> and I'll count that as a win. That's very good because I think your your whole challenge builds a perfect promo piece for what I'm <laughs> trying to push. Okay. See, Zach and Shrub are going on the on the road with their comedic friend <laughs> Goodstein. Yeah. Uh, to promote their new ghost hunting show starring only Zach and various UFC fighters. Oh no. There's no way he could say no because it's Zach back at it, going to locations again. He gets to drop his whole annoying, nagging crew. Yeah. He gets to start fresh in every episode. It's two new UFC fighters that get to go <laughs> out and hunt ghosts with him. Yes. But in the small writing of the contract, <laughs> I will include the finale of every episode is they do have to fight the host. Yeah. <laughs> they have. Now, now Zach, Zach has gotten pretty swole. Yeah. But as you have said, those are show muscles. Oh, yeah. And I don't think he could stand a single round with even one UFC fighter, let alone two, for an entire season of a new show. I know that there is a, a skinny, a skinny, well-tatted UFC boy with multicolored white guy cornrows who is like half of Zach's weight who would crush him immediately and then puttering after Zach taps out for being submitted on each episode from the side of the cage the cage would open and a voice would come over the mic and be like well you know uh, in the history of uh, fighting is quite interesting in America uh this UFC began, you know, as a shoot-off from various other fighting organizations. And Zach is like, no, Everyone, no. everyone leaves so they don't even have an audience. We, uh, yeah. <laughs> Each episode, it gets worse. There's a rest, like a big thick boy wrestler. And it's one of those, like, you could see the tight singlet as he's getting on top of Zach. And you could see the dick. The imprint of the dick just rub against Zach's cheek yeah. and like flop against his eyes. Like, no! every, every episode is no longer narrated by Zach. It is yeah. narrated by Goodstein. <laughs> Goodstein narrates the entire show. Zach has to go hunt, ghost hunting with his new UFC buddies. <laughs> and they beat the shit out of him at the end. Every single time. <laughs> Every single time. And meanwhile, Phil is just getting the, the getting all the attention from the crowd because he's like, well, you know, uh, ancient Greco-Roman techniques of wrestling. Do you know they used to wrestle naked? What do you think? Should we have Zach and his friend do that? We all like history, don't we? Hey, friends. That's right. This show is on HBO. <laughs> it's like taxi cab confessions it's so uncensored i love the i love the image of a, a greasy oiled usc fighter just pinning zach to the ground and as as phil goodstein is just wandering around with a microphone just commenting on things he sees and his political opinions <laughs> he's oh you know what joel He's the ref. Yeah. <laughs> so he never does any referee. <laughs> so anytime Zach's getting pummeled, he's like, yeah. uh, wow, well, um, I could tell you all about the railroad system in the U.S. <laughs> prior to 1800. Zach is tapping out on this super painful <laughs> armbar, and Phil's just, you know, this whole situation, this building, very interesting. It's a, histor <laughs> it's a remodel of a historic building built initially in 1822. Did you know? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a stripy vest. 
Yeah. And meanwhile, Zach is just with a ball sack in his face. His arm is folded all the way back to his ass. He's just like, no, please, please. <laughs> uh, we knew this is how this would end. Yeah. <laughs> they set us up. They set us up. Brendan's at the side. Is just like, you know, this is pretty funny. I'd tap in to help him, but nah, I don't fight anymore. I do jokes. I, I would tap in to help him, but uh, my Latina girlfriend's cooked too many bean and cheese burritos. Am I oh. right? <laughs> Am I right? Thank God there's no vaccine in it. Is that all you can do is just make some stupid little noises? Because that's not going to make me scream like a little girl. Dance more yours. Show yourself. That was great. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm so glad that you're moderately healthy again that we're back at it we did our mm-hmm. first real true break i felt weird doing it yeah it didn't felt i didn't weird. feel good i don't like it i i i need the structure it's the only thing that gives my life purpose <laughs> it's it's the only reason i ever sit in my closet and drink beer by yeah. myself and it's a nice feeling isn't it yeah well speaking of purpose witches and warlocks thank you so much for for listening to us for reaching out to us i gotta give a big shout out you know this is really late but given all the the timeline of the holidays and what with me dying and stuff oh this is a big shout out to bd who (laughs) uh reached out thanking us for all the work we do they're one of our top one percent fans with 16,555 minutes listen yeah how do you know that because they emailed us and eric they visited the edinburgh vaults recently in october and the tours now call mr boots the watcher because according to them because mr boots sounds like the name of a cat we called it so hard oh my god (laughs) b thank you so much you fucking rock and all of our witches and warlocks we love you so much thank you for continuing to listen we're back Next time, we go to back to Bisbee, Arizona, to the Copper Queen and the Oliver House. And I don't know anything else about it other than the screenshot is Aaron looking rather comfy in bed. Okay. (laughs) Sounds like an easy episode. Sounds like a reprieve. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? We're coming up on a stretch of interesting stuff. We've got the National Hotel. The return to Linda Visca, one of Linda Visca Hospital, one of my favorite episodes. Uh, we've got the Galka family, where Zach problematically tries to summon the ghost of Gary Galka's dead daughter. Oh God! And then, is this the is this the season where we lose Nick? I don't know. Let's not find out. We don't. Need Let's to not find out. out. We don't no. need to know. I don't want to know. I want it to be a, a shock, a punch to the gut, and a, a very sad day. But. <laughs> Today's not a sad day, because Eric, I love hey, you. Hey, I love you too, buddy. I'm so glad you're back. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad I'm back too. Wish the Warlocks will catch you next time. Oh. Good night. Hey. Good night. Meatball. Hey, it's a good the meatball. It's a good the bean and cheese burrito. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all you witches and warlocks, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Instagram, and Twitter at CFMITD. You can also join us on Patreon at CFMITD for exclusive content like our continued paranormal challenge series, Come Fight Me in the Dark After Dark for all the content that's too hot for the pod, and other exciting new content we come up with. Send us an email at comefightmeinthedark at gmail.com, and don't forget to check out our brand new website, at comefightmeinthedark.com for all the art, news, and merch we have. We love you all and have a good night.